Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike with Crash the Net. My special guest at this time is Kevin Erlinson. Kevin? Hey, how you doing, Mike? Good to be here and uh, ready to talk some hockey. All right. Let's start with the beginning of the season where we were known to be Stanley Cup contenders to kind of where we're at right now. We're one point away from, uh, from a wild card spot. Let's talk about uh, how, how we started the season out. Yeah, well, with, uh, Sports Illustrated, Hockey News, there are a lot of publishers that you know predicted Tampa was going to be a Stanley Cup finalist, even a champion. And then the injuries started to hit. Steven Stamkos going out long term, that really hurts. Victor Hedman picked up an injury. Jonathan Druin, Strawman, you know, just all these big key guys went down to injury. So I, I'd say injuries are probably the biggest factor to derailing the season, but. Uh, they found a way to claw themselves right back into this playoff race. They seem to be having that kind of uh, injury injury basis as of late with the past three seasons. We had Stamkos when he broke his uh, broke his leg back in the 2013-14 season, and we had the blood clot at 2015-16 uh, season now. We're yeah. dealing with him again, having another injury. Also with uh, these uh, big trades, with we, got, we ended up getting Peter Budai and, uh, for uh, Ben Bishop. So that, that's that's a kind of a big move that Eisman kind of made for us. Yeah, it's been a it's been a much different team from the last two years. You know, with all the injuries, Stamkos going down long term. This is his third long term rehab in four seasons. So it's it's got to take a tear on your a wear and tear on your body. And with all the trade that they've been forced to make and all the because of the salary cap crunch, you know, signing all these key guys, you got to make room for it somehow. And, you know, it, it stings to lose some of those guys. Ben Bishop is probably going to be remembered for a very long time in this franchise. Valtteri Filippola, when he signed here, he was kind of the replacement for Vinny LeCavalier when he was bought out. So he, he contributed a lot to this franchise. You know, it, it sucks to see these guys go after, you know, giving it their all for this team for a long time, and especially Bishop being the fan favorite here. But it, times are tough, and you got to – it's an ever-changing league, so you have to change with it, or you get beat. Times are tough, and we got we got to make these these kind of moves. Eisman did a great job with the trade deadline because we were we were able to move the contracts that we needed in order to make the season work. Like we had Ben Bishop being traded to L.A., and we had Philpola being traded. We had the Mark Streit trade that everybody's still live and hammering about, and now. Uh, we're, we're hearing talks of uh, Johnson not being here next season. So what do you think of uh, Johnson being, uh, being a bull, uh, being a lightning bolt? Well, I'll get to that in a second, but I think what people are going to remember from this season is that Valtteri Philpola trade because that was huge. To get that contract off the books, especially, you know, it only cost him a seventh-round pick just to get him off the books. And that's going to be massive in this offseason because it's going to allow them to re-sign Druin and re-sign Palat and Johnson if they wanted to. And it's also going to give them the flexibility to go after a defenseman, a right-hand defenseman that they've been very adamant that they need and what some people were kind of looking to see if they would acquire at this deadline. But it's going to give them the, the cap freedom to go out there and get someone, say, Jacob Truba or even... even um, Cody Franzen from Buffalo. We, so, we heard that uh, with the the, def- the defenseman. Do, do we think that Luke Bukowski is going to be on the season in the season next season? Because we're hearing that the Syracuse Crunch are naming a new captain. Is Luke Bukowski going to be a defenseman next season, or is, is well, he going to be treated like a forward like he has been? I I don't think that he's going to be a forward with this team. Maybe he, my guess is he goes back to Syracuse next season. 
because he's been he's called up he's called up because of the injuries and all the forwards that went down and he was up here anyways because if they had sent him back down to the minors he would have had to go on waivers and he somebody would have picked him up so they didn't want to kind of like what they did with Nesterov how right. they didn't want to send him back down because then someone would pick him up and they end up trading him so I think Witkowski is still with the team now because of the waiver situation I think if he were a two-way player or a, a two-way contract and he didn't have to clear waivers he probably would be back down to Syracuse right now so I wouldn't read too much into that but again we we started great this season and for some reason we got into a slump and I think it was uh, when we lost to the Rangers back in New York and then we started losing to Vancouver we lost to New York 6-2 to two, and we ended up losing to Vancouver I think it was 5-2 to two. what were the our downsides there I know that injuries were a big downside but is it our defense or is it is it uh, the same guys that are taking shots in the net or people that need to step up? Well, I, it was definitely a combination of four factors. One, obviously, the injuries that hurt. Uh, the offense didn't quite pick up at the same rate as last season. Um, the defense, like Jason Garrison and Andre Schuster, they both kind of regressed this year as far as their level of play. And uh, the fourth factor is the goaltending wasn't as good as we thought it would be. And... To me, part of that is probably because they went with a tandem and it wasn't a defined starter and a defined backup. You know, Vasilevsky got a lot of playing time and Bishop got a lot of playing time. You know, they, they split the, the crease, if you will. And I, I think that really had a psychological impact, and especially Bishop knowing that he probably wasn't going to be with his team come March. So it probably played a lot into it, and the goaltending it did dip this season. That's got a, it's a big reason why they're where they're at. And with uh, with Bishop being gone, you know Vasilevsky has stepped up to the occasion. He's he's really stepped up his game since Bishop's been gone, and he's taken the number one spot very very seriously. I know that Eisman said that he wants uh, Budai and Vasilevsky fighting for that number one spot, but so far Vasilevsky has shown that that potential for that number one spot. Well, it's definitely Vasilevsky's role. It's his net, um, and it's no coincidence that since the Ben Bishop trade, he's gone seven zero and one in his eight in his uh, eight starts. It's no coincidence at all, and it, it was a psychological impact. You know, it, it plays a lot. You got to remember that these guys, these guys are human. They think during games. They're thinking about uh, what, how much ice time they're going to get. They're thinking about who they're playing with. They're thinking about what kind of role they're playing. So, it really, I think it did a lot for Vasilevsky's game. To he can sit back and now just focus on playing his best and trying to get his team to win instead of worrying about fighting for that number one spot now that it's, it is his role and I think that really is going to go a long way it's going to his development's going to go straight up and he's going to be Absolutely. one of the best goaltenders in the league so like, well, we've progressed a lot with goaltending like we had Nikolai Hobby Bullen who broke records and now we have Ben Bishop who broke Hobby Bullen's records do we see that Andre Vasilevsky is going to break some of Ben Bishop's records most definitely he's he's going to be the goaltender of this team for a very long time and he, he's still so young. He's he's in his early twenties. He's you know, this will be his first next season. Of course, will be his first full season as a starter. But he's finally the starter of this team after about two and a half years. Uh, when he's in the KHL, he took his team Salavat, which had no business being in the playoffs. He took them all the way to the semifinals. And that just tells you the kind of goaltender he is. A lot of comparisons throughout his young career to Martin Trediak, the great Soviet right. goaltender goaltender so this the sky's the limit for this kid and I really think he's going to be in this organization for a long time especially having invested so much into him and picking him in the long term over Bishop in the near future so I think it he's going to be 
in the net for this Tampa Bay Lightning team for a very long time. And we have a lot of improved players, like Jonathan Drouin from last season. There, there was a lot of speculation as to is Heisman going to actually sign him to a contract deal after that whole uh, situation with him and his agent and uh, having pretty much a year off. Uh, is is there any possibility of Drouin becoming an elite, an elite starter? We've seen him play greatly, play highly in the past few games where he's he's been scoring most of the time. It, can he become the Connor McDavid's or the Jack Eichels? Is it a possibility? Well, I don't think he's ever going to quite reach that status, but he's not he's not the same type of player. You know, Jack Eichel is a is a semi power forward, but he's a two way center. You know, he's going to be your fulcrum guy. Uh, Connor McDavid is the next Sidney Crosby, if not already the next Sidney Crosby. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, debate around the league whether he's the best player in the league already, which he he probably is headed that way, dragging the Edmonton Oilers into the playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers were Andre Sequeira is their number one defenseman. So, uh, no, Jonathan Drouin is not the same type of player. He's a playmaker. You know, he can do things with the puck that, no one else in this league can. I look. I think back to it was game two against the Islanders in the second round last year. He had a shift. It might have been four on four, but he had a shift where he held the puck on his stick for about 30 seconds and deked out about seven players. And then they didn't score on the play, but he created a fantastic chance for Victor Hedman. So that's, that's the kind of player he is. And it's, it's a tragedy that this will be his fourth season next year with the team and he has not had time to play with Steven Stamkos and that is a big tragedy to me because I want to see what those two can do together. That would be a massive line having uh, Drew and Stamkos and Kucherov on a line on, on that first line it would be, it would be an amazing it would be an amazing line that we, had, we would have set up especially with the triplets on the second line there. Yeah, it, I think he's going to do what Marty St. Louis did for Steven Stamkos throughout his career when they played together, I think Jonathan Drouin might might even be a bit better of a playmaker. Not so much the goal scoring, but he's he's just an unbelievable talent. He's his decision making has improved a lot. He's making some great decisions. You think back to the goal in San Jose, the the overtime goal against Winnipeg, the, the goal against uh, against Colorado rather, the overtime goal, the goal he scored against Winnipeg, like just the things he can do with the puck, and he's such an elusive skater. And just the things he can do with both the stick and the and his skating, it's it's unbelievable. And there's a reason that he was drafted 2013, third overall, ahead of Seth Jones. There's a reason. Yeah, and we we've been having even with our injuries now, we're still coming up with with victories and with, uh, with wins. We had Andre Pilat scoring goals, and you know we're we're finally picking ourselves up from the scrum that we that we've been in. Luke Wachowski ended up getting into a fight earlier on, and he. Uh, he went a little longer than he would have liked to, but uh, you know we're we're pulling up the Syracuse Crunch guys, and they're doing a great job. Jake Dotson working great with Victor Hedman. They're going to be a massive unit in the upcoming seasons. I could talk about Jake Dotson for a long time. I am just so blown away by this kid, especially you know like like we said earlier. There's a lot of talk of is is Eisman going to pick up a right-handed defenseman at the deadline, but. He called up Jake, Jake Dodge, and he's been just as good as anyone they would have acquired. He's he's such a calm and steady force on the blue line, and he's he's still able to throw the body. You know, he's had a few 
very decent hits. He's so good with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone. Like, I counted one shift against New York where they held the puck in the offensive zone about a minute, and he touched it. He touched the puck about 10 times, and he probably didn't have it on his stick for more than 12 seconds. Like, he's so quick to get to the puck to the net. It kind of reminds me, not quite the level, but it, it reminds me a lot of the way that Brett Burns is able to get the puck to the net. Absolutely. I mean, Jake Dodson has done great things with, with Victor Hedman. I don't think they're going to change that anytime soon. With uh, Jake Dodson and Hedman working together, and probably I would say Coburn and Strawman working together next season. But I, do you see that Slater Cuckoo can be called up by next season? Or do, I'd be a little worried. I'd be a little worried if you're a Slater Cuckoo fan because obviously there's room for this team if if he can get back up to it. But with the expansion draft, I, I still think that Vegas probably picks a forward off of this team. But if they go with the seven three one protection list, Jake Dotson's going to be the third guy they're going to protect. Like. So maybe Vegas goes after Slayer Cuckoo. I doubt it, but there's there's a possibility there. But yeah, Slayer Cuckoo, he was a hyped prospect when he was drafted, um, but he got he got the shoulder injury and that kind of derailed his development and he he just hasn't been able to find his stride. Uh, I think this year he he was sent down because Eiserman wanted him to play more because he wasn't playing quite top line minutes like. Eisenman wanted him to, and that's right. why he's in Syracuse right now. And there's a lot of people upset by that, but you gotta remember that it's all about who can clear, who doesn't have to clear waivers, who isn't threatened to be plucked by another team, and it's all about development for this kid. And he's he's playing number one uh, pairing in Syracuse, and I've watched a few Syracuse games, and he's all over the ice, and he's buzzing, and he's playing really well down there. So. Hopefully, he's able to elevate his game next season. He's going to be able to find a, a spot on this team. You're a big Syracuse Crunch guy, so I've been hearing a lot. I of, dabble. <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about uh, the Moose Jaw Warriors and Brett Howden, our first-round draft pick of this past season. Uh, do we see Brett Howden coming up into Syracuse the, uh, in the 2017-18 season? Well, I, I'd have to double-check on that, but I don't think he's eligible for the Crunch next season. He might be. Because I saw he was on, on a, he was, he's been on a roll. I saw that he had a hat trick before, yeah. and he's been on four-point nights. A lot of, a, a lot of nights he, he's had a great, great many nights. He's definitely shown why we drafted him first round. Yeah, he is, he's a good player. He's, he's going to be a solid two-way center. I think in the next three seasons he's probably going to find his way on this team. Uh, but the, yeah, there's a like you said, there's a reason he got drafted in the first round because he's got the vision, he's got the, the puck handling ability. He can, he's got a, a good sa- a saucer pass. So he's he's gonna be a good player in the next few seasons for the Lightning. I think he he makes his debut by 2020. I saw him here in development camp, and he's very quick. He is. If you blink, he's gone down the ice already. You don't want to have your goaltender in front of Brett Howden when when he's coming straight for you. You don't want to leave that kid on a breakaway because he'll he'll score on you, top shelf. Yeah, he's he's a good skater and that that really helps his uh, his two way game for me because you know I, I haven't seen obviously as much as Brett Howden as I'd want, but in the in the few that I have, he's he's impressed me quite a bit and he's he's going to be a good player 
in the NHL for many seasons to come when he gets here. And for the draft is coming up soon, so what do we expect? Do, do we expect anything big coming out from Eisman during the draft? Are we still sellers? Are we buyers? What are we What are we getting into with all the draft picks that we have? I mean, are we looking at more goaltending for Syracuse? Because I saw that Brody Williams is doing great for for Moose Jaw. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure what Eisman's thinking right now. It probably depends on what happens here in the end of this season, whether or not they make the playoffs. If they make an extended run, I'm sure that impacts him. But they do have a lot of draft picks stockpiled this season, and uh, you probably just like his philosophy has been the best available talent no matter what the position that's a big factor into why they drafted Jonathan Druin but I look I look for some help on the defense defense side because they don't have a whole lot of defensive prospects uh, but I I don't I don't really see them selling mainly because there's not really a whole lot of guys left to sell right uh, maybe maybe they move Garrison maybe they move Schuster but I don't, I don't see them being major sellers. You're not going to see a blockbuster deal, much like Colorado probably will end up being at the draft. But right. I, it, the flexibility is there because of all the draft picks they have. So well, We spoke again about how uh, there could be a move with Johnson going around next season. Well, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So it's, it's all up to what Tyler Johnson does. I, I would be shocked if somebody trades for his rights. Because I don't think that he's going to be getting eight years, especially the way he plays the game. You know, he right. reminds you a little bit of Ryan Callahan. A little he's bit, taking, yeah. He's taking a wear and tear, so, uh, and I, that's probably a big reason why he's kind of regressed a little bit in the last couple of years because he he plays the game so hard and he's got he's got to elevate his physicality because of how small he is, and that's kind of it's taken the toll on his body. So I don't see a team shelling out eight years for him. But it's, it's possibly a four-year deal. It's probably going to be a little more around there, just because teams are going to be skeptical of how long he's going to be able to go. Right. But I will be surprised if he's back in Tampa next year. I will be. And speaking of Ryan Callahan, was it uh, was it too early for him to come back from injury? Did he re- was it a re-injure or aggravated his injury? Yeah, he aggravated his injury and we yeah, and he had to have surgery, so yeah. that's why he's been out for so long. Do you think that he'll he'll be he'll be back ready to go by next season, or do you think that there's a possibility that he'll be traded? Because there's a, been a lot of been a lot of speculation, a lot of talks of Ryan Callahan, maybe Tyler Johnson getting it, traded. It really just depends on on what Ryan Callahan decides. There's there's been whispers that he might be leaning towards retirement if he can't if he can't recover from this injury fast enough. But uh, I doubt he gets traded. They might a buyout is a possibility. Because Matt Carl's buyout will come off the books at the end of the year, so they they might choose to buy him out, or maybe they trade him. I doubt that. Maybe he weighs his no trade clause, and Vegas picks him up in the expansion draft. There's a, you know, there's a lot of possibilities. My guess, though, he's back next year. He recovers from this injury over the summer because it was it was just surgery. He had to have surgery, so right. It, it's it takes a while to come back from that. Especially he's over the age of thirty, so because he he had surgery after after that uh, game seven up to the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, sad to see that we lost two to one, but Ryan Callahan had, was playing with that aggravated injury all throughout the throughout the playoffs, and 
decided to get uh, surgery afterwards and then came back a little while after and uh, aggravated the injury and now uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. It, uh, I know it, it takes a toll on the, on the Lightning offense there, but it seems as though uh, Steve Eisenman knows absolutely everything that he everything that needs to happen with this team because he's bringing up a lot of young guys from Syracuse and they're working their way forward. And the, those Syracuse crunch guys that I, I don't know what Coach Gould has. I don't know. I don't know if he yeah. has magic or anything, but he's doing great things with that Syracuse crunch team. And it really is amazing. You know, think of all the guys that have been called up. Especially Dotson was one of their number one defense. He was the number one defenseman down there. And Adam Ernie, Yanni Gord, Matt Pekka, all these players they've had to call up. Dumont, Condra, and Conacher have been probably had about 15 flights in between Tampa and Syracuse at this point. It's all the times they've been called up. So it's Byron Fraze also. Yeah, Byron Fraze was sent down. What I think it was yesterday, last night, last night, and back. then he's recalled tonight uh, for tonight's game. Yeah, so um, maybe they thought someone was ready. One of the uh, Johnson or Muscoff was ready, and now it turns out he's not. Or maybe even Stamkos. They're deciding to push him off. A There's a bit. lot of speculation that Stamkos yeah. is returning sometime this week or within the next week or so because the speculation is that. With uh, the injured players, they come out in a red no contact jersey during practice. But every single time that Stamkos has came out onto the ice, he's wearing blue, white, or recently he was wearing gray. Is there a possibility that Stamkos returns within the next week or so? Well, there, there's a difference between ready for game and uh, he's ready for contact. There's a big difference. You know, the red the red no contact is for guys who have concussion or for guys they're scared of during practice. They take a bump. It's gonna re-aggravate an injury, but uh, no. Nah, since he's had the no con, uh, the the red jersey taken off, it's he's been clear for contact, but it's different uh, with different injuries as far as that protocol goes. So that's mainly for concussions. Yeah. You know, if you have the red, you can't be touched because there's, there's a danger to your brain. But yeah, I wouldn't read too much into the jersey color. Right. But he he has been rumored to come back, and they were actually targeting tonight, a few weeks ago, as his return. But and there was speculation that he was going to play uh, last week. That would be against, huge if he yeah. if he played tonight against Toronto, just with Brian Boyle having been traded, and he's going to look at his uh, his old teammates on the other side of the ice, Stamco uh, with Stamkos possibly being back tonight. What would what would Cooper be doing with the lines. I mean, he'd, he'd have to do a serious line change. Yeah, that'd be an interesting situation because I'm not sure what Cooper's you know plan would be because as far as getting him back into game action. Because you know, you look back when he came back against Pittsburgh in Game Seven, he only played like 12 minutes, right? And they wanted to ease him back into it. So I don't know if it's the same type of situation because it might just be it might be too early. He might not be 100% ready, which I think this team's going to wait until he's 100% ready to bring him back in. Right. But, you know, they might be looking at the standings, looking, we need everything we got, especially Tyler Johnson, Vlasov, Domestikov both going down. They may be thinking, you know, let's push him along a little bit more. But, you know, if he's not 100%, I could see them not putting him on the top line immediately, maybe easing him into it. But it's, it's going to – John Cooper has had – a tough time figuring out these lines, especially with all these injuries, with all these calls. He has a very tough job because he he has to deal with uh, the injuries when Cedric Paquette went down and 
Vlad Nemesnikov went down and Tyler Johnson went down. He had to do serious line changes, and, I, and he had to do them all on the move. Try to try to figure out what he was going to do next, and now there's going to be a, a Stamkos returns to the, to the lineup. Then can we see Braden Point being moved? Or I doubt that. Just how well Braden Point has played, and it's it's no like I said, it's no coincidence how well he's played with uh, Palat and Kucherov. You know, I think he's a big reason why they may not bring Tyler Johnson back because of how well Braden Point has played this season. He's, he's the chemistry with those guys, and he's scored huge goals, especially that one in New York, to tie the game. He's a very young, very quick, and very he's smart. He's fast. He's a smart player. He's fast. I, when I had that interview with him a few weeks to a month ago, I spoke with him, and uh, how young he started. He started at five years old, and he worked his way forward, and he ended up playing in juniors when he was about 16, 17 years old and was drafted by the Lightning. Played for Syracuse, made his way made his way forward. He was a captain for Moose Jaw, definitely earned it. Came up to the came up to the NHL. I saw him in his first game here when he played against Detroit for the for the season opener. Yeah, and he 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 no pun intended is lightning fast. Yes, he is, and he's a big reason why this team has been able to weather the storm with the injuries. You know, even he went down for a few weeks, and it, and it showed. They were missing that center depth, but he's he's gonna bring some depth to this team. I think you know, they they did they resigned Domestikov for the summer, so I think going into next season, you're probably looking Stamkos, Point, Domestikov, Paquette as your as your centers, and that's that's a scary depth. That, that's for scary, any that's team scary depth for with, any team that because exactly. Braden Point might already be where Tyler Johnson was in his second season. And another, another thing with Point is, remarkably, he's been able to do amazing things on the shootout. Yeah, he's. I want to say he hasn't missed yet. He might have missed. He might have missed one. He might have missed one. But, but he's I think he's he been was, near he, perfect, and he scored enough in the Florida victory, and that was a huge shootout win. Huge shootout win. That was on Vanilla Cavalier night, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was and he scored. He scored up in Buffalo in that shootout win, so he's been he's been unbelievable. And you know he does what every player should do, in my opinion. He goes up with speed, he picks a corner, and he fires, and every time without fail, it goes in because he's you know he's he's not thinking about making a move, he's not trying to outsmart the goaltender. He just goes in and fires because you know and that's eight times out of ten you're gonna score that way because the goaltender's not gonna be ready. And that's that's not even what the goaltender is looking for. He, he's exactly. looking for. Uh, an opponent that comes up and thinks about where he's going to shoot first, and he, for any the goaltender predicts what's going to happen next. But point comes in, skates fast, and th- doesn't even hesitate. Picks a side, shoots. And a lot of that's got to do with his release. He's got a fast release. His his hands are if so. You watch his wrist shot or his yeah. snapshot. It is wicked. It nobody is. wants to take that. Not if you've even seen his slap shots. Nobody wants to take how fast his slap yeah. shots are. Yeah, so he's, he's been a huge player for this team throughout the season. So, you know, he gives you a lot of confidence moving forward in the next into the next couple of years. Absolutely. I mean, point and with all the, the shootout goals that he's made and just how, how far he's moving up and how, how quick he's doing it at. Because, I mean, you're, you're looking at great players like 
uh, Wayne Gretzky, who moved up pretty quick and beating Gordy yeah, Howe. Let's out. let's let's slow and down a little there no, on, was, the, was, on the Wayne Gretzky comparisons. No, I'm, no, I'm not I'm not comparing him. I'm just saying that you're you're looking at guys who who came up into the league quick. Like Gretzky came out and beat Gordy Howe pretty quickly, and Sidney Crosby came out quick. And uh, now you're looking at point that's coming up from uh, you know, he came up from Syracuse pretty quick, and he's working his way up into the lineup. I mean, he's already the first line center after all these injuries that were going on, and I predict that he's going to be a very, very scary man to mess with in the upcoming seasons. Well, let's let's be a little cautious there with the names we're throwing around. <laughs> he's not quite there. I don't know if he's he's got the potential to reach that point because so few players like make that conversation to be included in guys Wayne Gretzky and Gordy Howe and Lemieux there's there's not a whole lot of players there's, there's not a lot of players to... like them there was it was the the comparison of how, how quick they were able to to make themselves known in the, in the league you know yeah. with, with point you know I can we see were, that and even we were told that um, from when he came up from Syracuse you know most people speculate that you know oh they're gonna come in and they're they're probably going to be fourth line, third line player, but Point came out and said that, hey, I'm going to earn my spot here, and this is how I'm going to play, and I'm going to go out and do it. Well, if you want a direct comparison, sorry if I'm beating you over the head with this, but <laughs> Tyler Johnson, look look what he did. He came up as a rookie. He played uh, third line center uh, behind Fopla and Stamkos, and then Stamkos breaks his leg in Boston, and Tyler Johnson moves up into the first line role, and him and Palat play with Marty St. Louis. So if you want a comparison, there's, there's your comparison right there. Absolutely. This Tyler Johnson has done amazing things with the team ever since being called up from Syracuse. Him and that triplet line is massive, and you don't want to mess with him either. It's, it's ironic to think that Nikita Kucherov was the kind of the lagger. He didn't really establish himself until the 2014-2015 uh, right. season, and now he's, he's the fulcrum player on this team. And... Uh, Johnson's the kind of player he he's kind of like Jamie uh, he's kind of like Jamie Ben him and uh, him and Kucherov kind of remind me of Jamie Ben where you don't want to leave them open you don't want to leave them on the, when you're in overtime and you're on that three on three you never want to leave that Johnson or Kucherov open. I guess I could see what you're what you're talking about with his release and his shooting ability right. definitely because when, when we played against the Stars in that in that over, in the three on three overtime. Yeah. Jamie Ben was left wide open and took that shot. If you leave Kutrov alone, Kutrov will make you pay for it. Nikita Kutrov has just come at, into his own on the power play. He's definitely it improved is from the past few years. How how accurate his shot is! Like you look, you know, obviously that three power, the hat trick he scored against Ottawa. But Absolutely. I think the more impressive. The most impressive power play goal I've seen him score is the one against Florida last week. Right. That was on on Saturday, rather. That was a quick release, crossbar down. He looked, he saw where the goaltender was, and he put it right in. You know, he, his shot has come a long way since he loves since those, he first scored against New York. He loves those one timers. Those one timers that he's on are massive. It's not something that. That can be blocked easily. It just you know, it gets you excited for May next season or even this season when you got one power play unit with Nikita Kutrov firing from the right circle, and then you got Steven Stamkos on the, on the second unit just yeah. firing from the left circle, or vice versa. But you know, it's it's scary to think what this team is going to be able to do. And 
we're facing Toronto tonight. You know, what can we what can we expect against uh, the Toronto team? Because they they've they've been on a roll themselves. They're one they're a team above us, and it's a must win game for the Lightning, being one point away from the wild card. Well, it, it's it's gonna be. Toronto, their last game, they played in Florida on Tuesday, and they got blown out, 7-3. to three. So they're going to come so, out. So either one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to come out firing, Mike Babcock's going to have them fired up, and they're going to come out with the, with the pedal down all the way, and the, and the lighting, you're just going to have to match that. Or, which I was, I was actually discussing this the other day, uh, this team is so young, and there's not a whole lot of veteran guys who have been through these situations it might that might have crushed them as a team their spirit which obviously if you're a lightning fan that's what you want because then you can come out you can come out with your pedal down and really take it to them in the first couple of periods but my guess is Mike Babcock who is one of the best coaches in the league he's going to have this team prepared ready to come and to get after this Tampa team in the first period especially in the, the last few games. Tampa has not started games well. And if it weren't for Andre Vasilevsky, they probably we're probably not talking about the playoffs right now. Absolutely. So he's he's kept them in games. We we so, started the like we said we started with this the season we started great and we started phenomenally and then we fell into a slump. I think it was against when we played against the Rangers and we fell into the Canucks. And we're we're in a zone that we're not familiar with. We're we're actually fighting for a playoff spot, to, you're right? We're yeah. actually fighting for a playoff spot, even uh, not even a playoff spot to make the wild card. It, we're in un, unknown territory. Yeah, I can't, I can't think the last time they've been fighting for for a spot this late. In 2011, they clinched, uh, they clinched a playoff spot about halfway through March. Right. In 2014, they had a spot wrapped up, and in the past two years, they've had a spot wrapped up. Yeah, you're right. They've never been in this situation, so there's a lot of guys who. You know, this is unknown territory, but it's they... It's scary, and it's it's unknown territory, and it's not something that we're used to. It's nerve-wracking, especially for the players. They look at that bracket, and they're thinking, oh, uh, you know, we're, it's going to... we still got 14 games left. we got to put a pedal to the metal in every single game that we put in now. We can't let up at all. We have to have our defense set. We have to have our line set. We have to make sure that no players get injured from now on. Mesnikov, Johnson, and Paquette being out. Paquette I saw last week in a boot. So I don't know how long it's going to take for him to come back. But Johnson and uh, Nemesnikov look to be coming back pretty pretty soon. Nemesnikov came out, I think it was last game, and re-aggravated uh, his injury. It's going to be it's gonna be an interesting finish this season, uh, to this uh, this playoff race. You know, you still got Toronto in the mix. You still got the Islanders in the mix. There's even a possibility that this team can catch Boston in that third spot in the Atlantic. So, you know, it's, it's wide open right now. I think this team has the skill level. This team has the drive and the will to get that spot. It's just going to be all about results from here on out. They're just going to have to find a way to win. And so far, they've been able to do it. We've been, we'll see how it, how it goes. We've been uh, on a win streak so far, three or four games. So we'll we'll just see how they can end the season, keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well that's going to conclude us here for Crash the Net. This is Mike and Kevin Erlinson. Yep. Thank you, Kevin, for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right.